Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I am joined once again by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How's your Monday? Hey, wonderful. We're all alive in here. It's good Play, playing uh, video games, board games, having a good time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a uh, it's a balmy in our for our weekly weather report. It's a balmy thirty five degrees here in Indiana. We're we're all thawing out, which is nice. We actually did a little bit of. Um physical uh, 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 board games in the real, as I like to mm-hmm. call it, because we play so many virtual uh, board games. I know I gave Trotsky a hard time for saying virtual instead of digital because virtual implies VR oh, I see, a little yeah. bit. Sure. But um, digital board games, whatever you want to call that, between BoardGameArena.com and uh, uh, Steam Games yeah. from Asmodee Digital. Um, as Asmodee? As I don't know. However you say that. Right. Um, I've heard people say Asmoday, which drives me nuts. Asmoday. It does have two E's at the end, so that could be Who knows? A, a a non-English uh, affectation there. But um, I have a bunch of games, and I didn't put this on our topic list, so I try not to spend too much time here. But um, for the last six months-ish I've been buying a lot of stuff from boardgametables.com. Mm-hmm. I, ironically, no tables. <laughs> um, but they're a company that, as far as I know, started making tables, yep. just based on the name. And then started making other board gaming accessories and then started making actual games. Oh. Um, the I forget the first one of theirs that I bought, but I liked it, whatever it was. This would be a better story if I could remember, but (laughs) I cannot. Um, And so I get their emails. Okay. Uh, I bought from them a playmat that is three feet by five feet. Okay. So it covers the whole dining table. My parents have a dining table with leaves that is um, an antique. So the leaves are not flat. They're not flush across the top. And so it's very difficult to slide cards and pick them up uh, in an efficient no. way. So I'm like, I'm going to get a big. And I I balked a little bit at the price because I think even at their Kickstarter price, it was like 70 yeah, or Yeah, th- those things aren't cheap. Anyway, 20 bucks for just a normal $25 for a normal play mat. For a normal small one. And I, I had custom printed twice, actually, because the size was wrong the first time. And I'll just keep the first one. But for my sister, Sarah... I had custom printed a playmat uh, 48 inches square, so four by mm-hmm. four, with the Lord of the Rings uh, Middle Earth map. I saw that. It was very, it. very cool. Um, and it was, I think I used a coupon code, but it was only like, like 90, maybe a little over 100. And it's custom printed. But when I compared the two, the one I had printed was just normal, like, like a maybe like a mouse pad that you'd get for free mm-hmm. at a conference mm-hmm. kind of kind of quality where this one from board game tables is like double that thickness with the edges all bound really nice it's very well nice. made which you know worth you it. would hope for the price but um anyway that's that's the biggest thing i got from them oh i know what they're known for the big bags they have these big square rectangular bags that are padded that you put board games in, and oh. I used mine. Um, That's cool for IC, ICG Con 
to bring to bring board games. That, that's that's really big. Carrying some, I mean, having stuff like that, yeah. right? Yeah, they're nice. They're just the right size for your standard, like ticket to ride sized games. Yeah. Um, Very cool. But anyway, they I get their emails, and so I bought a bunch of their games, and they have games that are. I think they have a couple that are a little heavier, but they do a lot of lighter kind of family uh, uh, style games. And they had a pack of three that all had um, uh, little expansions to add like one more rule and one or two more players, um, both of which things I think are cool. And over the holidays, um, I brought those up kind of one at a time and played them with my family and um mom and my sisters and i played one of them again uh yesterday yesterday or saturday i don't remember which um it's called sequoia okay and and i'll explain it real i'll try to explain it really quickly it'll be a little you know just over audio to try and get but um there are 11 squares in a circle they go from 2 to 12, and every player has five uh, D6s, right? Yeah. Dice, like Yahtzee. Okay. And you roll your dice at the same time, and you make two pairs with your dice. It's a little similar to a board game arena game we play a lot called Can't Stop. So you can, with those dice, you can make two numbers between 2 and 12. And then you have a bunch of little uh, tokens. They're They're like slices of of a tree okay and you you pick those at the same time and reveal simultaneously and then you put your your slices on whichever square that is and then at the end of the game whoever is in whoever has the most and second most slices on each number gets the point there's like a first place point value and a second place point value and you distribute those randomly at the beginning yeah um they go from like two to six i think and then the second places are almost all ones Ah. and so it's really quick just you know roll a dice and pick you know pick some numbers and there's some strategy because you kind of you know you go and you look and you're like oh well i can make an eight and there's nobody on eight yet but two other people did the same thing and now you're all tied um and it's pretty fun. Cool. I mean, that's the that's the the key part there, right? Is having fun to, to these games. Mm-hmm. We, uh, oddly enough, we uh, Sydney and I have done that in the last couple of weeks. We have gone through and decided to to pick up um, uh, a, a couple of our old games because we I still have some back that I bought at the auction house back in in Gen Con, um, back mm. when they had Gen Con, and um, right. Now we're kind of playing through them. I'm like, oh yeah, I played this because I'm cleaning out stuff and doing the the purging of games that I don't play and and whatnot. Yeah, just yeah. I, I I came up with a really big stack of it, like thirty games that I'm that I'm getting rid of. Um, but you know, some of these things are I haven't played them, don't have any desire to play them. A couple of them were like mm-hmm. I got the digital version and now that's better than there, and I don't actually enjoy playing it as much in person anymore. Or the people I play with in person right, play right. with it in digital, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but uh, we played three games recently. We played. Um, I played Berserk. We talked about Berserker War of Realms was a game that I that I gotten for a while. It was a mm-hmm. Russian miniatures game, um, and then they converted it to a card game. So it's miniatures instead of miniatures, it's cards, right? Okay. Um, and uh, it's it plays if 
anyone listening to this has played like uh, Mage Wars or Summoner Wars or uh, Mage right. Wars Academy. It's just uh, there's a board like a, like a game board and it's got spaces on it and you move your cards. So there's spatial awareness. Like I said, like, like miniatures would be moved, right? Um, sure. And sure. this game is like that. Um, so this game, I ended up deciding that I'm going to get rid of it because I already have those other two games and they're fantastic. Um, <laughs> actually, those three games. And this one is not. I guess it's all the rage in Russia for the last 10 years, but the translation huh. was terrible. The cards are oh, poorly printed, poor, yeah. poorly. The instructions are barely understandable. The cards are printed horribly, so you can't understand what they're saying. None of the rules. I remember you. I like, feel like they're missing in, in chat. No, they just aren't. Yeah. I, and I mentioned this on the show before. So I was like, you know, there's just better times to spend. You know, the game can be good, sure, but I spend so much time trying to look things up and the internet trying to just struggle with what they think it means instead of just, just put it away and go to the next game. Um, which is what we did. Uh, another thing we, we played, um, was a game I had gotten called, uh, 3012, like 3012. It's a deck builder game with a couple of unique little ways it's set up and purchasing and things. Um, deck builders are what they are. Um, but it had some really neat mechanics. Um, the, the two different probably key mechanics that you have is that um, every round there's like the, if you, you've played Ascension, right? And yeah, it's yeah, as if back. the the merchant, the, the row in the middle that you buy things from uh, a, every round, a card on the top of the deck would be flipped up in this game. There's actually two decks and you get those cards yeah. to play as if you had them in your hand that round it, and then they go away. So like for one round, you get a cool card, no matter the cost. Um, which is pretty pretty nice. Okay. Um, yeah. And then the beginning cards in the deck building game part of it um, were useful throughout the whole game. So they, it never felt... One of my big complaints on deck builders is you always start with crappy cards and you have to try to find a way to get mm-hmm. rid of them. This game yeah, had uses yeah. for them all the way through and getting rid of them felt bad. Like I, I definitely wanted to have them the whole time. Uh, okay, so we, that's cool. That one I like and we're going to play that a couple more times more. And the third one... Uh, I bought a couple weeks ago. We had our buddy Fox on the show, and I bought the the game My City that he was really oh, yeah, um, yeah. had had recommended for us. Um, it's an ages yeah, ten and up game, and playing it with my family. Right. So we've got a ten year old who is the, the youngest, and mm-hmm. we didn't play it. We had uh, my fiance was over, and she had we started playing it late, and so she was tired and went to bed, but. That me and the two kids played it, a 14-year-old and a 10-year-old and myself. Um, it's very it, – Fox is, Fox is well recommended on this game. It, uh, it's got a, a grid board. It's a little tetrisy. Like, looks like um, a yeah. valley type thing, an open meadow. And right. everyone has the exact – has their own board that's exactly the same and has uh, pieces of – uh, what is the uh, Tetris pieces that instead of te- like blocks, they're city buildings like, uh, you know, a schoolhouse and things like that. Um, and then there's a shared deck in the middle that everybody uses. And they, that's just um, a card for every one of those pieces. And you flip it over like it's a blue L. Now everybody has to place the blue L on, on their board. Um, and right. it's got some neat little mechanics to it too. Like, um, once you, you can decide not to play a piece, but you lose a point. So you only get 10 points to start mm. off with. So you, it's kind of like losing your overall score. If you decide to not place a piece, 
Um, right. And there is rocks, little rocks across your meadow. If you, at the end of the game, uh, when you're done, if you have any rocks showing, you get minus two points for every rock. And there's little trees. And if you have trees showing, you get plus two points. So you kind of have hazards and benefits in your way that cause you to make your own board. But the cool thing about this, though, is that it's got legacy things to it. Um, we finished the first game, and it works such that in this first envelope, whoever um, won the game gets points towards the ultimate goal, but they have to put more rocks in their field, those little stickers they put on their mm. board. And those who came in the last place get extra trees to put stickers on their board. So it, it's very much a cool catch-up mechanic, hinders the leaders, and causes the the losers to catch up, which is really nice for a, a family-type game. Pretty fun. Yeah. I went looking for Pretty that after our buddy Fox recommended it and could not find it, um, you know, at its normal price anywhere online. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I got mine at um, Barnes & Noble. Hmm. Yeah, weird. Weird. I forget that those still exist. <laughs> right, right. I, I, I didn't know either. I think I just did a, did a search and it, and it was there. Nice. And it came up and they had it in stock and it was for retail price, which was really surprised. Actually, that was one of those weird things that um, uh, it was thirty four ninety nine and free shipping at $35. So, hmm. so instead of paying... Oh, I think I remember you saying. <laughs> instead of paying $5 shipping, I, I bought a $5 toy for Lola and said... Screw you guys. I'll, I'll take something for it instead. Right, right. Uh, that's how they get you. That's how they get you, man. That's how they get you. Cool. Uh, so what else we got this week? You want to real quick go through, hopefully shortly, our, we got, I know we want to talk about BlizzCon, but uh, before we run out of time talking about that forever, you want to go over our movie that we had a request to watch this week? Yeah, let's talk about this movie. <laughs> Okay. Well, what do we have to um, say about this movie? <laughs> boy, boy, not much. Uh, the na- the name was Nothing But Trouble. Nothing But Trouble, yep. 1991. Yep. Uh, Dan Aykroyd, Chevy Chase, um, John Candy, and, and Demi, Demi Moore. I, I would not have said 91. I would have said 82. It felt... Yeah, it's felt. got a very... It's got a very 80s vibe. Um, it's a lot of the same kind of comedic style that you would expect from all of these guys. Very like, you know, Caddyshack, uh, Uncle Buck, uh, Christmas Vacation. There are some, um, I saw some actors who were in uh, the Christmas Vacation or uh, um, some other some other things. But just like i don't i don't know i don't know <laughs> this is uh directed by dan Aykroyd. written by dan um, Aykroyd, by the way written by dan Aykroyd and peter Aykroyd, who i assume is his brother i don't know well but the, the i will i wanted to say this about it after i got done watching it is that yeah, I had, Dan Aykroyd's younger brother. I, I had to give them credit for originality. I, I know a lot of people, the phrase happened in the 80s and sure. maybe before of like, man, all Hollywood does is keep remaking movies all the time. And it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse, which actually kind of proves true. 
Um, especially with things like Disney re-releasing everything again and again. Um, and so people would, you know, if you have original ideas that no one had ever seen or thought of, maybe you should give them a lot of credit. And if you do so, you should give this movie a lot of credit because I've never heard, seen, or thought of any kind of plot line like this ever that I can even think of. No, I mean, some of the some of the implications of like, uh, you know, them finding these like, serial killers and and whatever and sending them through the bone stripper um so i'm not going to hit the bell for this because <laughs> this movie is nonsense if you if you want to watch it it's you know uh, i don't know if i can even recommend it it's so strange yeah no um, it, it, it's we we, we, we want to spoil it so you don't watch not because it's i mean i've seen worse movies but a waste right. of time this is a waste waste of if, time yeah, I think I think if you maybe if you saw it in with the right group in the right mood, but right this right. not this did not hold my attention. I I had it on in the background for most of the time, and then I'd look over every once in a while, and I'm just like, what the heck is going on <laughs> with this movie? But like big, some big implications in the in the story in terms of like them starting this massive fire in in upstate new york pennsylvania wherever they're supposed to be um i did notice on imdb that it it said two wins and six nominations um <laughs> what one one of those wins and five of those nominations are for razzie awards oh okay yes sure <laughs> that, that makes sense yeah they're all all bad uh they were nominated for a saturn award for best makeup Oh, because of Dan Aykroyd's old see. person character, maybe? Probably because of because of Dan Aykroyd and maybe John Candy cross-dressing. Or, or the mutant kids, I, maybe? Those, the mutant kid things were, were pretty good. I forget sometimes, um, you know, I think of believable special effects being a really new, like a really recent mm-hmm. thing, even though, you know... Lord of the Rings was 20 years ago, but this was 30 years ago. So it's not that, you know, it's closer to Lord of the Rings than it, than Lord of the Rings is to now. But, <laughs> um, you know, things would happen on screen and I'm like, that looks like I know that's not real, but it looks pretty real considering how old this movie is. Right. Um, so there's there's some of that going on. But I I kept, you know, asking myself, like, what what is so different between this movie and Christmas Vacation. And to some people, they'd say nothing. They'd say Christmas Vacation is ridiculous, stupid nonsense, start to finish. And those people are not watching the same Christmas Vacation that I am. But um, (laughs) just so much of it, it just, it's just nonsense. There's a, there's a big rap song in the middle uh, for, for no apparent reason um oh yeah that with, with digital underground and humpty dance people the humpty yeah yeah just just weird as what is this right they decided to let's yeah. get these we got these guys we're gonna put it on there and people watch it kids will watch it for that and i'm like what is happening yeah uh yeah just so many things from left field that made no sense that i didn't know i and i had a hard time telling what kind of movie this was, was it a comedy i mean you could say that about that the movies you mentioned, like Christmas Vacation and... Or, you know, Blues Brothers, Caddyshack. Caddyshack. Like what any, movie is any it, ex- right? Any any random example from 
the careers of these of these three guys. Right. I, I um, would think that most of them are comedies, and this could be considered a comedy too. Sure. But there wasn't a there wasn't many jokes. Like there wasn't things anything it's, that I not even. It's like horror comedy. The closest yeah. thing to jokes were like, um, you know, Chevy Chase making, you know, rude comments about stuff. Yeah, that's that's the only thing that I could, man, just just not great. And I think uh, our, our uh, friend who had mentioned this had said, I think he'd led it with, this is a movie that should have been good because it had all these characters, these actors in it, and then wasn't. And yeah, I don't know if he even if he even made a value statement on it. He just saw it somewhere and said, you know, some 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 of our friends with a podcast should watch us and report back. <laughs> well, the reporting so, is not not worth. There's a reason why we didn't, haven't heard about it. Yeah. Um, the uh, uh, hard, hard pass. Hard pass. It's just so weird. I mean, it just <laughs> it, it wasn't weird in a good way either. I mean, it. Mm-hmm. I, I the one thing that I. I internally chuckled about was Chevy Chase coming down and having his super fancy BMW car. And it's this terrible, like eighties boxy Brown piece Beamer. of car. Yeah. yeah. Beamer. It was just so ugly. Um, and, and they do so many things like running away from the police officer because I, what is happening on this show? Right. And then all of a sudden, like there's so I'll give them this. Here's what I'll give them credit for. So many gadgets in this movie. Like all everywhere, there's, you know, Goonies yeah. style gadgets with um, secret tunnels and buttons you'd press and things coming out of the wall and traps and like, what the heck, man? I give them that kind of credit. I know, yeah, not 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 worth it. Not worth your time. Totally in the not not good, funny, Ben D list type thing. Uh, I've seen some bad movies. This one was just a waste. Uh, okay. Well, that that's that one. Gave it a shot, I guess. Uh, speaking of movies, uh, there's a couple trailers dropped. That well, one of them dropped a couple weeks ago. We missed it, but uh, Disney's doing a new uh, their new movie coming out this year. It's called Ray and the Last Dragon. Did you see that? Um, just the trailer. Just uh, yeah. I don't know a lot about this movie. Is I mean, I doubt it's a new IP, but maybe it, it is. is. It is. Yeah, it's, I think so. It seems a little. Um, a little Mulan ish. Yeah, actually, I I thought of. Um, That's probably racist for me to say, but it like Asian themed, but you know, a little more fun, unlike the live action Mulan, which yeah is Mulan with all of the fun taken out, right? And, and I am certain that these were probably uh, in production at the same time, so it wasn't a reactionary thing to Mulan not being so great, but right. Right. And and they were done by different I mean, studios, it, it obviously, possibly even informed the way that they that the live action studio did um, did Mulan knowing that they had this movie perhaps. Uh, that animation had this movie in the pipeline. Or perhaps. Well, well, this one does look more fun. I would agree. And, and I, to, to be blunt about it, I also felt that same way the the character kind of has a Mulan look to her initially. Um, maybe it's just the facial structure or something, but she kind of seemed like Mulan and very like bold and daring personality. Cooler, I think she looks cooler, especially after, you know, 15 seconds of the trailer happens. She seems to like be a cooler character. And so far, just from the trailer, I like her better. Um, and I liked the I liked the story seems fun and, and good. But it's one of these uh, Disney Plus slash uh, um, 
purchase type things right away. Sure. Uh, sure. So I I think this is supposed to be Disney's Disney anime. Like they have a yearly, usually kind of cartoon movie that comes out. I think this is their one, um, which is pretty big because it's usually something that they you know release in theaters and they're just going ahead and right. moving it to their Disney Plus thing. So we'll you know it's coming up real soon. I'm kind of looking forward to watching that, and it's nice to see. Another one was the new Mortal Kombat trailer. Did you get to see that? I haven't seen that. I don't know that I've seen. I mean, I probably have, but I don't know that I've seen uh, any previous Mortal Kombat movies. Wait. I didn't. We never owned the game, and so I don't really know any of the lore, such as lore this there is in yeah. an '80s fighting game. Right. Um, the Mortal Kombat lore has been extensive, but then rewritten. Sure. Um, the yeah. first movie was barely passable by fans of the game, right? The second movie <laughs> was one of the, always a good was a terrible movie that even I, as an avid fan of the game, don't know if I've made it all the way through. And I've tried were they better or times. worse. Were they better or worse than the Super Mario Brothers movie? Ooh, close. I want to say the second one was probably worse than the Super Mario Brothers movie. It it actually wow, had that's... it actually had storyline and plot, but it was just awful just awful mm. um that's saying a lot right but the first one was better than the super Mario Bros. movie for sure I, I i enjoyed it as a fan of the game but nobody else would um so anyway the, the the games have gone through you know just video games right they're video games with whatever kind of stories you can put in them uh, for fighting yeah. games but cutscenes with mortal kombat 9 they relaunched the entire series i think it was playstation 3 or 4 and NetherRealm Studios started with, they called it just Mortal Kombat, is what they called it, and it was number nine. Um, and started the number. Yeah, number. and it was a yeah. relaunch of of the franchise. Um, kind of like, okay, that now That happened quite a bit in the, in the PS4, maybe late PS3 generations. Yeah. But I feel like 360 PS3, I feel like most of that was in PS4 times i like think so too tomb raider did that uh prince of persia yes. did that sort of not really successfully but, yeah 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 um totally agree. a handful did it's very confusing for people to like just just drop the numbers and start over but right uh, oddly mortal kombat went back to the numbers like they their next one was mortal kombat x which is basically 10 10 right but they called it mortal kombat x um so a little play on that they was the 10th one and then their their recent game was Mortal Kombat, straight up Mortal Kombat eleven. Um, so they went back to the numbers, but the, but they aren't. It isn't eleven. It's it's the third game in this this reboot. Reboot, right? Okay, yeah. And and, and those um, have been very story centric. Just how I, I know you played the Injustice games. Um, it's very they made those, and it's very story centric, right, just like right. that. So they've got a good story. They yeah. really have, and. And if people who've played the Injustice games, maybe not the Mortal Kombat games, you get the idea of what I'm talking about, how it's fighting with some stories in the middle, right? Um, yeah. And and, and it, was, it was pretty good. And the same thing with the Mortal Kombat ones. Like, oh, look, they actually made something that had the base of a story, but they just were terrible at telling it before through the medium. And now they've got a better way to tell it. Uh, so they've never been able to do a movie like it. I don't, I don't even know if it can because... I don't know. It's got a great world idea, but you know, some things are super corny. Some things aren't. Um, 
Right. And and I'm, I mean, I bet it could be done well by somebody who like a Marvel type thing who takes the spirit of stuff and doesn't take things too literally and doesn't care about freaking out fans. Um, but anyway, this new one can't, this new trailer can't drops. It looks okay. Um, the, the thing about that is that it comes out like next month. They haven't had a single trailer or any marketing for the movie, but a month before it, no one's heard hardly a peep out of it. Yeah. That's not a great, it's sign. not a great sign. Um, and we don't know anything about it really at all. The trailer didn't tell anything about, it just showed a bunch of like action scenes. Uh, so we'll see. I, I, I know I have several friends who are big Mortal Kombat people and they're super excited, pumped about it. But I think that's one of those sure. things that everyone who's a fan of something is happy for their thing to come out. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I, if I'm a Star Wars fan, I don't care. I haven't had a Star Wars movie come out in 30 years. I just want to have something. Yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah. if it's not, if it's not one of the franchises that has been, you know, almost done to death, like Star Wars, Star Trek. Yeah. To a certain extent, Marvel at this point. I mean, especially the more popular DC stuff, like Batman and Superman. Right. Um, Spider-Man for Marvel. Um, <clears throat> right. But if you haven't seen yeah, something like, like you want to. You want to see you want to see your thing like the Warcraft movie. Yeah, right, um, right. I remember right. At, after I watched that, I talked to somebody and they're like, "Yeah, I heard that uh, people who never played the game liked it, and people who played the game hated it." And I'm like, "Well, I played the game and I thought it was fine." Yeah, right. Well, you, you, uh, you had it's a it's a video game movie. I I went in with you know what I felt were appropriate expectations. Like, right. I got to see Azeroth in full you know, sort of CG right. live action. Like yeah. fun. Yeah. The, the, I, I think fun. you, you have a really great quote that that's, that's well said was you had said um, about the Star Trek MMO. It's like you, you didn't dislike the game, but it makes you sad that you won't ever get another Star Trek MMO because of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's the, the now it's the same thing would be, if Mortal Kombat fans, you know, they got a, they got Mortal Kombat 2, which is one of the worst movies ever. And uh, then you finally, 20 years or 15 years later, whatever it is, actually get another chance. Like another Star Trek mm-hmm. MMO company says, we're going to make another Star Trek MMO. You would be all on board for it, right? Because you thought you were right. never, ever going to be able to get something again. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's that's the same kind of spirit. and. I'm I'm personally looking forward to it because I like Mortal Kombat and I do like the reboot. And if it has anything kind of like they take some of the things from the reboot and where they the reboot said, OK, these characters are really goofy. We're not even having them in there or they've changed them to they've given them reasons to be there instead of what they're corny. Like literally Mortal Kombat. There's a guy named Johnny Cage. He was um, modeled after Jean-Claude Van Damme. Right. That's that's what he was in there right. for. It was just a character and he doesn't really fit really into the whole thing. Um, but they shoehorn him in there. But in the reboot, they make him have a reason to be there. Um, and if they can do that with the yeah, movie, I remember, nice. I don't know if I said this when we watched enter the dragon, but when I played, what did I play? We had battle arena Toshinden. And I think I played a couple of the dead or alive games. Um, every so often there'll be, there those games will have that sort of what I now recognize as a Bruce Lee character. Yeah, right. Um 
But there was one of those who just made so much noise. Yeah. Right? Like, it's a fighting game, so they make a bunch of noise when they're hitting or being hit. And he would make all of these, like, what to me were cheesy karate sounds. That that is Liu Kang, 100%. Man, this is is obnoxious. And then we watched Enter the Dragon, and I I realized, oh, that's what this is. It's not, you know, I mean, in as much as whatever was going on with the with the cultural politics at the time when when bruce lee was making those movies it's not like white guys making fun of karate movies like that's that's what those things are now but that's how those movies were like he made sounds like that when he was fighting and so that's what they're doing it's not mockery it's like you know uh an homage 100 percent, and and the game mortal Kombat is basically an homage like so many well a lot of fighting games back then were they they just put in a character in because you know jean claude was cool in Bloodsport, and the 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 four game makers who make this game in their basement like him right and they want to put a bruce lee in their game and they want to put you know the guy from big trouble little china the lightning guy let's put him in there what if if you can play yeah because kung fu movies obviously predate fighting video games Maybe not obviously, but they do. Right, and so yeah, the sort of the the whole impetus behind it is like, what if you got to play a game where you were Bruce Lee fighting off these dudes? Yeah, right. Um, or or you know, dueling with with another with another guy. Yeah, and and then and then you know, nobody thought of those games as having like a real story. I mean, if anything, just a loose high school kid type story of like oh they're in a tournament and there's robots yeah there's and... a big there's a big tournament and everybody has a little bit of backstory for why they're there and right some of them are some of them are strangers and some of them are brothers and some of them are you know there are some loose connections from all this one's a father and a daughter and they're gonna right you know they're gonna fight in this I know more of that fighting game story stuff as you you mentioned from the injustice series and that's a case where that game could have been like Heroes of the Storm, right? They could have said, except they have the possibility for mirror matches, which is a different thing. But, like, it could just be a game that you don't take seriously. Correct. Like, they've they've put a little bit of lore into Heroes of the Storm, but from the, from the outset, they're like, yeah, we get it. This is a space marine fighting against the devil. <laughs> right, like, right. You're not, you're not supposed to think about this at all you're right and with the injustice game i don't know chicken or the egg kind of thing because they made a comic but i know the comic came after Mm -hmm. somebody sat down and said what can we do and you know obviously you need a little bit of multiverse to to you know to to be able to have mirror matches to be able to have you know former i mean you don't have to you could just pick sides but in a fighting game you can pick whatever characters you want, or maybe a better example than Heroes of the Storm is um, the Smash Brothers, oh, right? Yeah. Like nobody ever questions why Mario is fighting Link from <laughs> Zelda. Like they're they're just they're, this is just a game, right? Um, but Injustice puts this whole layer of story where you're like, oh, the the Joker pisses off Superman, and Superman goes full fascist, and suddenly people who were former villains like Lex Luthor are on Batman's side of sort of right, or at least anti-fascism. Right. Um, and so you've got unlikely allies and all of these, these sort of things. And then at the end of the comic series, you start the story of the game where uh, I think 
Harley and the Joker do something that opens up a thing and probably Flash is involved because it's always Flash. It's always Flash. Um, well, the, the, the Injustice game, that game came out right around this exact same time that the Mortal Kombat relaunch did when NetherRealm decided mm. to, that that's what they're doing with their, their games is they're, they made that kind of commitment to their fighting games that they're, they aren't going to just do, well, Street Fighter games, for example, Street Fighter and Tekken, yeah, they 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 have their Japanese games, and they continue to do since the '80s this very loose, nonsensical kind of you know games where they barely have connections, right? Marvel versus Capcom, same kind of thing. It's just about playing the game. Where NetherRealm set themselves apart to do like Injustice, like they go out of their way to actually make it have a reason and a story, right? With Injustice and and whatnot, um, and they I, and they did I that. Think with that's Mortal part Kombat. of why. I didn't think about this before, but that's part of why I couldn't get into whichever Kingdom Hearts game I rented from Gamefly. Yeah. Uh, I don't know the numbering on those, but I had heard about these games a lot. People like these Kingdom Hearts games, and I'm like, well, I'll try one. Yeah. And it's, I don't know if the the Jap- the Asian characters are from other games. They might be, but uh, games or, or properties. But your typical... Japanese anime Final Fantasy looking characters with Disney characters with Mickey and Donald and Goofy right. and they're they're talking you know and I'm like I bet this is part of the appeal for somebody yeah but for me I couldn't I couldn't handle it I could not look at <laughs> Eastern and Western animation together on the screen talking to each other it just had there was too much cognitive dissonance <laughs> yeah and I I think part of that was having played games like Injustice and reading the comic and knowing that you can tell this story, you can justify something like this with the right story. Exactly. And I didn't see any of that. It was just like, uh, uh, yeah, you know, Cloud from Final Fantasy and and Donald Duck are hanging out. They're they're buds. Just, just because. No. Just because. No. Right. Yeah. No. Not like if it's a fighting game or like a Smash Brothers. I get that. Like there's no you don't need a story because that's but oh, this this was a role playing game it's yeah. it's a role playing game and I'm like yeah I can't yeah that I just can't and, and that's and that's that's the, the crux of it is for going back to bringing it all back to this trailer thing is that you know the they oh, yeah, did make it they did it. make it uh you know that makes sense and have have a have a cohesive story and it got pretty good like I, I nine ten and eleven are pretty good and eleven is the best of them so far. It's got a great story and the characters have developed and changed and the world has continued on and changed and developed. And, and you see characters that like in the third game, what which would be 11, uh, that are bad guys. And they were not bad guys in the first one. They were good guys, but they have through their story arc throughout the stories kind of been corrupted or changed for certain reasons. And now in the third game they're you, they're, they're bad guys. And, that makes sense because they've grown that way, right? So as a fan of that stuff, you say, oh, this is a cool story that I now enjoy and have got you know fully developed in a way. So seeing a, a trailer like this is, is fun, but I don't, you know, games and movie makers aren't always on the same page or it's not always the same, right? You, right. It's very rare that a game thing movie comes out and then it's successful or good. So we'll see, you know, like, like you said before, you go into it with very little expectations and hopefully it'll be better than Super Mario Brothers. Ugh. Right. Uh, right. Moving on to, since we're doing video game stuff, uh, you want to talk about some BlizzCon things? 
Yeah. So uh, this past weekend was BlizzCon Line. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll just kind of, we're just going to kind of uh, touch on some high points and and things that are that are relevant to us. Um, I've heard that. Oh wait, wait, oh, wait! Before before we start into those individual details, can I ask you a okay. a general overall question? How did you feel about this year as opposed to their not online version? And I know you experienced at least one year that I know of of when they had a convention and you watched it online. Um, so I have been, I have been playing Blizzard games mm-hmm. since. Uh, a buddy when i was in high school probably maybe sophomore but more likely junior in high school a buddy gave me a a disc with warcraft 2 on it mm. orcs and humans no i think that's the first one that's first two one. might have had yeah. a different title um i played that i played starcraft and i got into world of warcraft in 2007 i think right before maybe 6 it was before burning crusade came out um and I don't know when they started doing BlizzCon, but I didn't really know about it until um, I started listening to the Instance, the WoW podcast. Um, and it always sounded cool. I was like, oh, this is a thing. It's like before I started going to Gen Con and even after Gen Con, I was like, man, it would be cool one year, uh, you know, to make it out there. And it's in it's held in Anaheim. So, like, I would have to fly out there. Yeah. And get a badge and do all that stuff. It'd be very. It would be more expensive than BlizzCon, and we spend a lot of money on BlizzCon. Right. Uh, BlizzCon. Uh, Gen, Gen Con. Con. Right. Yeah. And and, <laughs> and there's less sure. to do there's similar at, words at, at a BlizzCon gotta, than there is at a Gen Con. Yeah. There's no uh, to my to my knowledge. I mean, there are things like play demos of games and stuff, but it's it's yeah, it's a completely different thing. Where Gen Con is a little more utilitarian. There's like an exhibit hall. You're going to buy stuff. You're going to you know try out games that you you know there's all these mm-hmm. games and all right there's all this we've t- we talk about gen con every year right. um when there is one um oddly we didn't do we didn't do gen con online but that's because we scheduled a digital uh virtual board game weekend that same weekend which was a little i mean that's why we did it we're like oh we can't do gen con so let's all get online and play board games online and it was a right. lot of fun but i wished that we had done it a different weekend so that i could have you know sat in on some of those panels or something but right. uh workshops and things but anyway um i've never gone obviously mm-hmm. um if you've been a listener for a while you know that back in 19 was it 19 must have been um because it, it's normally in the fall uh, and there wasn't one last year obviously 2020 yep yep um but in 19 i bought the virtual ticket right which is like you i don't know how much it costs compared to the actual badge but you pay a certain amount and you get to see all of these live streams that aren't going to be publicly available um you can get if you just want the information right like blogs and and streamers and and youtubers are going to cover all of it right they'll put it in text you can read it they'll even blizzard will put up you know their best of cosplay videos and stuff. But I was like, I want to, I want to see this as it goes. Like I want to, and this year they did it all free, but it was very different from last time. And you know, you knew that was going to be the case because just because of COVID, like changing Mm -hmm. 
people's kind of kind of attitude cultural things but the the presenters on stage often were bringing the same energy to their talks that they would do at a at a normal convention right and it was it was jarring to have them you know talk with this this kind of hype big hype tone and there be no crowd yeah right right. like that was normally definitely different like i know that it must be a completely different energy for people there and we don't do anything at at gen con that's anything like this except for maybe the guys that go to concerts and and stuff like that but blizzcon has these main stage talks like a like apple does or um you know other like the big e3 and other kind of gamer uh conventions and so normally they'll show a trailer so a guy will get up on stage and he's like you know you know where where my horde at where my alliance at and they'll get cheers from the crowd and then they'll show the trailer and in the video in the stream like the trailer comes up as part of the video and then in person people are watching it up on a on a big screen and then as the trailer ends you hear crowds cheering and there was none of that it was it was kind of eerie and and not just that it was also i know that all of their speeches are well thought out planned rehearsed probably months in advance and, and teased over but it, when they deliver it in person it's a whole different animal because they'll come out and they'll say a couple sentences and they'll be like and when we you followed us into the, to the black temple against illidan storm rage and then everybody goes yells and screams and they they pause for that for a moment and they smile and they nod and they do kind of an appreciation kind of you know reaction to the crowd and everything they say mm-hmm. has kind of a back and forth with the crowd right uh the big right. huge blizzard people here it wasn't it was just them reciting that speech straight kind of off the cards they they were they were good they weren't like bad performers they did good but it was just very cold kind of and then it just went into the trailers and then came out of that without anything into the next speech right which yeah felt i i i did not get as hyped it, let's put it that way I, it makes it. it it makes me understand more why they didn't charge for it yeah yeah, they did sell bundles. They sold special edition bundles. I bought one of those because mm-hmm. I'm a sucker. But yeah, I could see if I had paid the same as I would for the for the digital ticket to to see this, um, I would have been a little bummed. Yeah. And I know that people, especially gamers, can get real uh, irrational about about stuff like that and demanding refunds. But anyway, so, so um, mo- moving on to the to the actual like games yeah, or announcements I'll, or things like. I'll find I'll find and put links you can rewatch all the videos cuz like I said it was it was free if you want to watch all those videos and I know that there are a couple of articles I I can't remember the news outlet or blog that uh covered somebody I heard um say which which uh um magazine I don't know whatever you want to call them which website had the best had really good coverage uh but I'll find that and link it in the show notes um the the big things that I was paying attention to um, were a World of Warcraft and Diablo um, because I knew that there was no Here's the Storm news. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't play Hearthstone or Overwatch, so I was not as interested in those. There also didn't really seem to be any news news on 
on Overwatch two. Um, so I did. I don't know if you watched I those did panels or Q and A and right. Um, but uh, the Diablo news was exciting and also frustrating. Um, I have I have details on the things that they said in the different like they had main stage announcements as they as they call them. Uh, they had sort of deep dives the first day, and then on Saturday they did Q and A's. Um, the the big thing I think with I well, a couple of big things just glancing over, and then you can go into a little bit depth on them yep. here and there. Is like I felt that Diablo Immortal was more represented this year than it was last year. Would you Definitely. agree? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that uh, another one was that they announced uh, a new class for Diablo 4, right? Yeah. Uh, that's the Rogue. Is that correct? The Rogue. The Rogue. Mm-hmm. And they had a little trailer, which is cool. Those Their trailers are always top notch, um, which I got to watch again, by the way. Uh, and they showed some, but they didn't really, I, I mean, I don't remember them talking a whole lot about more specifics with the game. It felt like last year they really gave a whole bunch of information about the game and systems and took a lot of questions and stuff. Maybe I missed yeah. those panels, but I didn't seem to see a lot of that dump. In the in the Q&A they did a little bit of that. The thing is um last year was the first announcement. Mm-hmm. Right? And um I did watch, uh, so they had separate deep dives for their, there are three Diablo projects in the works, which is funny, but um, they acquired or moved, however this is, this is, I think acquired, like Blizzard acquired a company called Vicarious Visions, Mm -hmm. who did, uh, what was it? I I think their whole thing was like remastering old games, okay. which seems like a weird thing to specialize. And then as I thought about it more, I'm like, man, what is that's got to be actually a huge challenge, like almost more challenging than making something new, because you've got to take something somebody else made and update it without changing it so much that that people don't like it or won't right. play it. Right. And you're you're only going to get some of the credit because it's not your thing. Yeah. Right. Like what a weird, what a weird kind of thing. But anyway, uh, Activision Blizzard acquired vicarious visions and they are doing a remastered or resurrected. They're calling it uh Diablo two. Yeah. And it looked fun. Diablo like II. I will say, yeah, it, there, there are a lot of kind of interesting uh, uh, things with that. I watched the panels, what they're basically doing. And this is a thing I've heard mentioned in uh halo when they somebody i don't know if it's the same studio it might actually be when they did an updated uh original halo like halo one yeah um they had a uh like a switch in the settings where you could switch back and forth between the original graphics and the new funny which is a funny kind of gimmicky thing but um you know if you are i think actually wow classic did this too I don't know that it was fully um fully realized but um anyway what they did is they took the original game which is I was surprised to find is still being played. Yeah, I would have right. thought every everybody had but I mean 
you know that was the part of the big problem with with their reforged uh warcraft 3 is that there's still a competitive warcraft 3 pvp scene i, happening I find it amazing in some of those interviews how they went to lengths to make sure that diablo 2's things weren't interrupted and then things still worked with the current diablo because it can't be more than a hundred people on the planet that are still playing that. I mean, it just can't be. Yeah. I don't know. Like a few, it, that's what it seems. It seems it's, um, I mean, the guy that they had running the panels, uh, for, for this Diablo two, uh, resurrected is a speed runner. And yeah. so that, that to me is what, like, who are the people still playing, um, super, uh, you know, super Mario brothers yeah. for the NES. Right. Like, most of them are speedrunners. Like there are a few, you know, nostalgia guys playing for a little while, but right. you know, I just it just anyway, can't be it can't be in a thousand people. I just I can't even imagine no, that. But right. but they they do they I, they spent some time. I don't know what those numbers are, but for these just yeah. handful of people that will barely make them any money, and right? it's you know? and it's not and it's not a new game. It's the old game with a new like like graphics processor right or or graphics engine the engine is probably the better word for it right and so that's why they still have a switch where you could go back and forth and that was their answer to a lot of the questions people asked they're like is this going to be like this and they're like remember the underlying game logic and the the game running behind this the the running game that you don't see the code that's happening is the same yeah all they did was plug in some things to make it work with modern battle net yeah. and some of that. So there are some things that are going to be slightly different, but it's um, like the, the frame rate is the same. It's still like 24 frames or whatever. They're just um, the, the new graphics engine is interpolating frames in between because um, uh, Diablo two is a 2d sprite game like um, like Starcraft yeah starcraft one and the the remastered starcraft one is the same it's just all of those sprites and textures redone in higher resolution yeah um and i'll link to the to the panel if if listeners are interested in this because i found it kind of fascinating they um would go back and whatever they could find in archives and it's not like I sort of pictured the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark where they have a, a warehouse full of crates and it's <laughs> not really like that. You know, it's going to be old computers and hard drives and probably discs and whatever, but they're going through this stuff like archaeologists, like where's the where's the concept art from when the guys at Blizzard North were building uh Diablo 2 and like for this monster they took the, you know, the model for this player character and did this, you know, stretched it a little bit taller and added these big wings and um it's cool. Yeah, they 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 I as as a programmer myself, there there's just so many things that internally that change within codes. For example, sometimes codes are based off processor speed and timing and things like that and yeah, not realizing yeah. that it comes like a billion times faster these days than they were 10 years ago. So little things like that that really take a lot a lot of work to to re re-engineer even um i you know i got i got a weird feeling about some of these like reinvention things that that don't change things um namely that you know i own a lot of nes games and i still have my nes hooked up but um i'll put in 
once every two, three years, uh, The Lion King on Super Nintendo, and it is not a good game. Like it was fun when right. I, The Lion King came out, and that's all we had at the time. It's it's not that fun. Um, and if someone would come out, but I had fond memories of it. But because I still own it and I still have it hooked up and can play it, it's not. I don't have that quite that nostalgia. Um, but I know people are like, "Oh, you've got Mickey's Magic Castle on, on Nintendo." I remember that so much. Again, go play it. I'll plug it in for you. You'll you're you're not going to be as excited about it as you think it is because it's it was fine then, but it's extremely difficult and finicky and right. hard to jump and right. things like that. And I wonder on some of these things if the nostalgia factor is fun and for five minutes, right? I have an example of that my fiance loved bubble bobble she grew up with it it's all when you when you mentioned video games with this i yeah i played bubble bobble it's it's the only thing that she could she could love in her childhood i bought it for her so excited for the remaster and she played it for 10 minutes was like that was fun and then moved on right right and and i wonder if you know playing diablo 2 i tend to agree with you right like i've tried i've tried emulator things and i've played I played through the whole first story in the first Fire Emblem game, like yeah. right off the heels of the mobile uh, Fire Emblem Heroes, and that right. was fine. I had never played it back in the day. It was uh, Game Boy Advance. Right. Um, but, yeah, I think only only the only really impactful or significant games are even considered for this kind of treatment. Like, Correct. I could see somebody doing uh, a high-res remaster if this has not already been done, but a high res remaster of um original Mario Kart. Yeah. Or yeah, sure. um they're doing it for Goldeneye. Oh, that's weird. I heard. And I, I also yeah. think that that one will be one that's perfect a questionable, example of my point. Yeah, because that's not like Mario Kart I could see still being like it's still basically Mario Kart. Goldeneye was like Goldeneye was the only first-person shooter that the yeah, Nintendo had. It was had. the only <laughs> one. It was the only one between Wolfenstein and and Doom and uh, uh, Halo, right? And not, not not only. No, no, no. Say no. The the PlayStation and, and the the uh, Xbox had plenty of them. If even the Xbox was out, the thing was that Nintendo only had one, and it was gold. It was Goldeneye. So everyone right. who owned that. What, what even was that? It was the 64? Nintendo 64? The N64. Right. It's, it was the transition between um, the 2D, uh, and they weren't all 2D, right? Like, there was yeah. stuff like Descent, which I know was a ship, but right. it was a little more shootery. And and Nintendo and did like not that, but... do a lot of 3D stuff on that. They didn't. They were still sticking with a lot of uh, 2D things instead of 3D stuff. They had they had some. There was stuff like Star Fox and yeah, right, and, Super and those Mario were World like mind blowing to the Nintendo people. And that, but they had they had just one analog stick, and it was it was the one, um, you know, before the consoles went with with the 360 and the um, or not three with the first Xbox and the PlayStation Two. Mm-hmm. They you know they went to two analog sticks, and then you could move and look at the same time and everything was different it was game changing so yeah i don't i don't know i have mixed feelings about about goldeneye but as far as blizzard games i am sure that they would not invest the resources into doing this if they didn't have you know the market numbers to show that it would sell i mean i mean maybe i don't know i i actually think if if anyone in the world 
could do a game for no money, it would be Blizzard. It, it, for just nostalgic reasons, I think they would be the the company that would would do it for the the five hundred fans. Like it, it feels to me, that's yeah. a company that would do that, um, and, yeah, and not right. care about losing money. They, they've never they, they don't seem like a, a, a money a company that has been purely motivated by profit uh, at all. Um, oh, you know, and that and that's not what I'm saying either. All I'm saying is I don't I don't think they would invest. Because they're clearly investing a lot of resources into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they, they it, totally are. You can't they tell really are. between yeah. it and and Diablo 4 and Diablo Immortal. So that yeah. I started saying this at the beginning. Like, that was a tricky thing about watching and consuming this this Diablo content is they have three games yeah, yeah. in the in the work. And yes, Diablo 2 is... Oh, is real quick, old, I, I want to... old game... All right, just, I just want to clarify that... Go ahead. I, I, I sound like I'm bagging on Diablo 2. I will say that... I felt like it the same way I felt about uh, Warcraft 3 is that I enjoyed Warcraft 3. But when they were remastered, I was like, hard pass. Nah, it's so much better nowadays. But when I watched Diablo 2, I, I do want to set the record straight. Then I saw these this trailer for it. I was like, oh, that looks cool and fun. And I want to play it. So mm-hmm. this is, this does feel different somehow than than Warcraft 3 did. Um, and it's and it's going to be on consoles now. So. Yeah. Oh, and consoles, that's, that's right? Cool. Now the the uh, I will say that there was looking back, I loved Diablo two, but I know that there were still some fundamental problems that when Diablo three come out came out, they fixed some of these core problems like playing inventory Jenga and you know different right. kinds of things that you have to right. do with, with you know Diablo two that wasn't so great. Um, so we'll see. We'll see with that one. M- moving on from that one. Yeah. Diablo Immortal. I don't know if it had any new new news. It was just more of like we're in, we're still here and they were definitely giving us fair even time. That's what it Yeah, I like. got the it's it's a weird thing. Like the if you don't know this history, we mentioned it before. Um Diablo Immortal is Diablo Mobile edition. Mm-hmm. Um it was announced at BlizzCon in twenty eighteen to to uh Massive negative outcry from the fans because, of course, Blizzard is a company known for its PC games. Um, aside from StarCraft 64, which I think people also didn't like. I mean, they started with arcade games, but since... Well, they, you know, the PC gamers were being PC gamers then because they were so upset right. they didn't get a new more Diablo game. And right. They, there are yeah. two two things working at that, and, and they brought it up in the, Q, or in the deep dive with the, with the Immortal guys. They're like, so this this thing's thing happened and how did that how did that make you feel and the guy you know who was one of the either head or or high up in the in the Diablo Immortal project was like yeah it was it was really frustrating because they all knew that Blizzard was making Diablo 4 but they couldn't say that right, right. we we were talking off the air about companies putting restrictions and you know Blizzard is a huge one of those because clearly these games take a long time to make right like yeah. this is a mobile game they announced over two years ago yeah and there's still the like the the public testing quote-unquote public testing that they're doing they're referring to as technical alpha right yeah. like they are spending so much time trying to make this into the best mobile arpg that you've ever seen with the amount of experience and sound, you know, they said that they said, you know, they look at the numbers and say, you know, big percentages of, of people who play games on mobile 
have their sound off. But this is a Blizzard Diablo game, and so it's still going to get all the voice work, all the sound work, the production and, and music and everything that they would put into a PC game. Right. And so, so the company they don't want to repeat what they did with Diablo three, which was announced it. And then it didn't come out for five years. Like they know it's going to take them a long time to polish it. And so they try to announce things at the right time. Right. That was part of the reason that there was so much outcry over immortal is because they're usually really cautious and, and intentional with their announcements and to come to a crowd waiting to hear about Diablo four and say, we've got this Diablo on your phones was, you know, a whole mess but yeah the the i mean i i will say that a lot of these a lot of these announcements and or updates on these games felt less than usual than i would think expect but but i I think Mm. something that has to be said there it's important that we remember that 2020 was not a normal year and even though their their developers that work at home can work at home and still program at home disruption to your normal flow and work processes is a very real thing that slows every company doing anything down no matter what you are yeah um, and and how much more so for a company that already is very i'm going to say slow but yeah. is very deliberate and intentional with their whole creative process to go i mean they they talked about that in one of the q and a at least one of the q and a's for one of these games they're like how was that transition and it's yeah, I mean, you know, I say this all the time. I've been working from home since 2009. But, you know, imagine if you, they gave this example. They're like, you know, if I talk to somebody, I pop my head in, in his office and I say, hey, how about this? And then as I'm walking away, I remember, oh, shoot, I wanted to I wanted to think. Well, if you're remote and you just got off a call, you're like, oh, to get, get on the call again. And, you know, th- th- what they're doing is so much more creative than what i do that you know i'm sure the transition of of going from being able to sit in a room with a couple people and throw ideas around with no lag and no weird distracting stuff in the background of people's cameras and whatever was a was a big um disruption yeah yeah so so what, what we get from blizzcon we can we can choose to be pc gamers that are you know evaluating blizzcon in the same way we did last year's BlizzCon, but I, I don't necessarily think that's fair, not just from the presentation of the the online part of it, but from the content that we're we're seeing. You know, I I, I will transition that away from Diablo a little bit and say that um, Overwatch Two did not hardly have anything, um, mm-hmm. which is wildly disappointing because it was widely accepted that it's likely they were going to go into beta at this point, like they they would be in beta. At, by this BlizzCon, um, and right. this would be a big announcement, and that people who were, you know, go, would go in person to the BlizzCon this year, 2021, would actually have like beta invites, right? That that's how right. it was going to be accepted. And then now we get just um, uh, some pictures of a map, and then discussions about the way the different characters look. Like that's yeah. that's not anything like i mean they did a lot of stressing about this we really want this to be a new game and you know this is a a, definitely a sequel and not just a a, a new an expansion or things like that like they really Mm -hmm. reiterated some of that stuff but we they did not show like talent trees or individual characters or gameplay of them nothing that would have been expected 
you know, mm. nothing more than they showed last year. There, there is beyond, right. like I said, new models that they're showing people, which they showed last year, and a map which they showed last year. There wasn't a cinema scene. There wasn't gameplay. They didn't show anything, um, mm. which was pretty. As a big Overwatch fan, I was pretty disappointed in. Um, but again, I have to reel back and say, you know, clearly this is a pandemic affecting situation here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, while disappointed that I don't get to get to play my my game or at least have a little bit more information, it's understandable. And it, I will say, sitting in on some of their Q and As were fun. It's it was really fun to hear these people talk about games they love. Like they, they, everyone at Blizzard genuinely loves their job, loves what they're doing, are happy people. I said on the Overwatch had a character voice panel where they all just talked about stuff. You know, there's like four or five Mm -hmm. of them in a socially distanced room, which was pretty cool. Um, And they were just having fun. These are just voice actors. These are just people that come in and get paid for a job to voice the thing and usually go on to do other business. Uh, but they really love their characters and they talk about them and their history and the things they liked about their characters. And then they'll say words in their voice. And the guy that plays Reinhardt just is like a super fan and things like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, and th- they're all super fans. And the guy that does Soldier 76 talking about how he he personally identifies with characteristics of uh, Soldier 76 and how when he says specific lines, that means things to him. Therefore, he says that. Like, it just was a real thing, right? And he's saying it not just as yeah. he's giving an interview. He's saying it's like excitement with a smile on his face it's and finally genuine. gets to tell people. Right? Yeah. I watched uh, – I don't, I don't I think you watched it with me, but we were watching stuff at the same time yeah. uh, last year. I watched the Warcraft uh, voice voice acting uh, uh, panel last time, yeah. and I didn't watch the one this time because I want to save it to watch with uh, with my sisters because it, it, I really enjoyed it last time. Just the the kind of grueling process they go through. They had um, Chris Metzen wasn't there, but they showed footage because he voices Thrall and the how they just went over and over the the characters and like let them do the scene full improv. So they're like swearing at each other and just really, really getting into the headspace of these, of these characters in, in a method acting kind of way. And so that then when you watch the cinematic and you hear the, the true genuine emotion uh, coming out of these voice actors through these, cg rendered characters um you believe it because the actors believe it yeah yeah um it's and, really really cool and it, it's it's like i like hearing the diva girl like say different things in the diva voice you know it, it, she's just chipperly saying things and it's it right. was really it's so and that's just one example like and when you get on the panels of the the developers and the creative directors and stuff like them them talking about it too they Again, yes, they they're very rehearsed at this. They they have been given. They know the questions in advance. They know the answers. They have the stuff. But their banter back and forth is this fun, like excited to finally be off the leash to talk about certain things, right? Because right, right. as you and I had, had a little conversation off the air before, a lot of the all these Blizzard people are very sworn to secrecy for life on anything. They can't tell their yeah. firstborn child anything, right? right. Um, so to be able to officially come out and yes, they're told specifically what they're allowed to talk about. They can at least mm-hmm. talk about that. 
right? right? Which makes it, you can see that they're so happy to do that. And that was fun. That's, yeah. That was yeah. really fun to do. Because they're excited. I mean, like you said, everybody working at Blizzard, I mean, maybe not everybody. Sure. You know, who knows? People, customer support. But right. everybody who has the opportunity to do something public facing like this, um, they're all, uh, um, they're working their dream job. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, talking just briefly back about the voice acting thing. I also watched, this was a sort of weird thing that they did. Um, Matt Mercer and some of the, the guys, I say guys all the time, the men and women, the people of uh critical role did a special D and D session. Yeah. Um, and I know you, you're probably, I'm, I'm not huge on, on watching D and D, I did listen to the Adventure Zone, which is a little different with the McElroys. Right. Um, I normally have a hard time watching Critical Role because it's so, or listening to it because they're all so professional. Like it's it's almost barely D and D anymore. Yeah. Um, but they had, you know, uh, Matt Mercer. I think voices um, cowboy guy. What's his name? McCree. Oh yeah, McCree. Yeah. And, Which that guy kind of looks um, like McCree, so it's funny. <laughs> right, right. Uh, Laura Bailey does um, Jaina and a couple of others. I'm not sure who. Uh, I think she also does Vala, the demon hunter in in uh, Diablo and Heroes of the Storm. Yeah. Um, one of the other guys on the cast did Illidan. Um, and so they are they're playing they're playing D and D, but it's Diablo. So there's no, um, there's no story. There's almost no role playing except for, you know, them like saying the lines from the game <laughs> yeah. that, the, that, that their equivalent characters make in the game. But like they go to Tristram and, uh, Matt Mercer does his best, uh, Deckard Kane voice, which is funny because they, they had the guy who actually does Deckard Kane do, uh, um, a little spot in the middle answering some some q a and stuff because he uh, jump back to diablo for a second um the mobile game diablo immortal is set chronologically between diablo 2 and 3 mm-hmm. so uh, spoilers for diablo 3 is like eight years ago now uh, <laughs> the character of deckard kane dies in that game in the story of that game but in Diablo Immortal, he's still alive. Oh right, I'm right, because it's because it's in it's in between. Um, but anyway, I I watched and or half listened to uh, that D and D thing, and it was it was pretty cool. The only annoying thing about it is that they normally swear on their show, and because it was on Blizzard's you know public channel, it's all bleeped out. Yeah, it's a little obnoxious, but <laughs> it was very funny. They kept like smashing pots and things that you never do in D D, but because it's diablo he's like yeah and he'd roll the dice and he's like you pick up four gold coins from out of that pot um it's funny funny uh so what else was there on there they talked about um the overwatch 2 uh what about the wow the wow news so they, they, they launched talked a new about, expansion right or yeah they talked but... they talked about the the story it's the point it's the full point patch for uh, uh, retail for Shadowlands. Um, I'll I can link to store, but if you're playing WoW, you probably know any of the channels I would link to anyway. Um, they did confirm uh, that Classic is going to Burning Crusade. They 
It's in early stages, but they described the process of how some of that's going to go. It's a little weird, and it's all still subject to change. But um, when Burning Crusade comes out, they're giving people maybe not all of the options, but a lot of options. Um, they're gonna they're gonna add servers that will stay classic, that will stay vanilla, as we used to call it. Um, so weird. Did did they ever yeah. pat did they ever patch now I was around in classic and they did have patches that improved and changed mm-hmm. things. Did did they did they do that on classic? Like one point one, one point two, what you know, did they do that's that? That's part of the part of the controversy around classic with some people is that they started around one point twelve with the mechanics and the class balance. Yeah. But earlier in terms of of progression unlocks right which is a little which is a little weird but they did like start with just molten core and then later opened up anixia and encourage and ultimately naxxramas i might have missed a step in there bwl is in there um blackwing lair um we didn't get to max level so i don't know and i didn't in original vanilla times either so yeah it sort of mirrored that experience (laughs) but they did go through all those things but i think some of that stuff is like um it's like next ramus when uh when when did this happen it didn't happen i guess until wrath of the lich king or somewhere partway through burning crusade they took next ramus classic out right yeah it's not there anymore right the only uh, Nax you can go to is the one from from Wrath of Lich King up in Northrend. Um, and so they know that there are going to be some people who don't want to play Burning Crusade. They just want to play Classic. They want everything to be that way with no summoning stones and no hunters don't have misdirect and, and all that stuff. And so they're going to have servers just for those people. And right. they'll they'll get a choice when the expansion comes out where they want to move to what they're calling Progression Server which heavily implies they're going to at least go through Wrath of the Lich King, like at least one more expansion. Otherwise, they would call it something else, maybe. Or just opening themselves that possibility. I don't know. That's a little tinfoil hat speculation on my part. Right. But um, So you get that choice whether you want to stay in Classic or go into Burning Crusade on progression servers. Um, they're also offering a couple of paid services, which is... A little weird. I mean, they did do. They started paid services in Burning Crusade. The first one was well. They always had server transfers, so I guess they didn't start that. But they started other things like name changes um, in Burning Crusade. But they will let you um, pay to copy your character. So at some point, if you stay in classic. And then at some point down the line, you also want to play Burning Crusade, but you don't want to lose your character in Classic. Maybe there's a guild, you know, still raiding Classic. You want to do both. You can copy that character to a progression server. Yeah. That seems like a niche kind of case. But again, I I assume that they wouldn't do it unless they thought there were enough people who wanted it that they, you know, that it was worth that investment and effort how do you feel um, about i mean i don't know there's the way i 
heard the talk about this, I mean, just listening as a fly on the wall to their some of their things, yep. was that they, there's only one WoW Classic server, right? There's one, like not like 50 or something. There's just one server, correct? There, there aren't 50. There are probably about 20. Oh, there are multiple. Okay. Uh, and then yeah because there are still there are still the four types right retail doesn't have this anymore but um classic still has normal pvp role-playing and oh right pvp role-playing so do does this further i mean does this further segment their users for classic in the fact that now let's say uh, sixty percent are going to start continuing on and playing Burning Crusade, but then forty percent are going to be sitting back. So now your Burning Crusade people are only sixty percent of what classic people were, which are, was already a lower number. And then does that you continue on? Isn't we're seeing like now ten percent on this version, ten percent on that version, ten percent on this version? Do you think that's yeah, something that's going to happen? I mean, I I think that that's true. Um, I, I mean, they're, they're not getting they're... new people to play World of Warcraft to come in and say, I've never played before. I'm going to jump in at Wrath of the Lich King, right? Yeah. I mean, there were people and are people who did that with Classic. For, I don't know for, if for they're se- still sure. playing a year and a half later. They usually have some kind of connection, right? They're people's kids, right? Yeah, who, like yeah. their dad raided in, in Molten Core, and now they're old enough to do it themselves instead of just watch. Yeah. Um. I think I think they're probably looking at it and going, there are people, as I said before, there are people who don't want to play Burning Crusade, who just want to play Classic. Right. And by offering both options, they're keeping all of those people. Instead yeah, for, of for sure. the people who said, I was in Classic, but if you're going to do Burning Crusade, I'm out. Yeah, or they're, they're... people, you know, maybe a little bit more like me, who the, the peak of... and bulk of their their intro experience was burning crusade and they're like well if you're going to do burning crusade now i might be interested um and they're still doing the same thing where it's all on the same subscription right so aside from leveling and in retail the leveling is faster than it's ever been um you can jump back and forth between any of what i guess now is going to be three different sort of games i think classic will still be its own client and what version you have depends on the server i actually don't know it's still a little early to say well Um, then it's only going to continue to get i want to use the word worse right right. because every single version that's ever been made is going to continue to have its own specialized server system that's a question people keep asking um from from my perspective i don't see them going past wrath yeah right um wrath was and pandora i think cataclysm was before mists before pandora yeah it was cataclysm then Mists. like cataclysm is the big change right cataclysm is when they remade the whole map and they gave you flying in all the classic zones they did tin mans that was the biggest thing the the blood elf and night elf uh Mm -hmm. uh things um that's when they started going away from the hardcore and into the I mean, sorry, that they still support hardcore, but like um, right. from the, from the only, embracing casual. Yeah, making the um like widening the base of things that you can experience without being hardcore while keeping right. the the most difficult content. I think that started and you know, a lot of this is anecdotal that I hear on other podcasts and stuff because I was not active 
all of the years. I've played every expansion, but I've not played continuously. Well, it definitely for started in Wrath. 16 years. It started in Wrath. And right. it it started a little bit in Burning Crusade, right? Like they introduced flying in Burning Crusade. They introduced right. yeah. 10 and 25 man raids in Burning Crusade. Right. But in Wrath, they um they added different sizes for the same raid right they had like you can do a 10 man you can do a 25 man and also both of those have a normal and heroic mode and so suddenly it's like well did you run uh ice crown citadel what what difficulty did you run on what size group and it's gotten more yeah all that stuff has gotten more uh granular um um since then but some of the things that people say really killed the community and you know, whether any of that's true, I'm just yeah, kind of giving history here. Um, a lot of those things started late in Wrath of the Lich King, the, the kind of automatic group finder tools and, yeah, yeah. and some of those things. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know that the game has changed enough from cataclysm to now yeah. To be worth doing like Cataclysm Classic, Missa Pandaria Classic. Like Right. I I, I think by Wrath they're good. I say that they're um, they they keep doing that. They're just gonna again, I I don't think they're there might be the occasional person and it's like, yeah, I'm now I'm back for the Wrath of Lich King because that was my one and I'll and I'll play that one. But I, I tend to think that those are the same people that came back for classic. And they will only further segment that that comeback crowd who still stayed because I know people I know, including yourself, came back and then no longer play it, the, the classic. Right. Um, right. So, which we expected to happen. But so anyway, all this for, as you said, for no profit. Like they, they're they're not, I mean, okay, I'm not saying no profit. No, Surely some people came back no, from never playing again, but. Yeah, no additional profit. And that's my, that's my sort of reckon on the whole thing is it's not it's it's not necessarily between um uh keeping all those people uh, how do i want to say this i had a better way that this worked out in my head but i think it's between yeah it's between having those players and losing them and as long as they're as long as they're in the active subscription they could always jump between whatever and i don't think this is a game that has ever been overly stressed about about fragmenting its population, right? Yeah, like yeah. the whole game is based on a faction divide, right? So right. like from the very beginning, you have the players divided into two. Even split, if you yeah, didn't yeah. have even if you didn't have to do servers, which, you know, obviously they did, maybe not obviously, but they did originally for for technical limitations, right? A server can yeah. only handle so much in 2004. Yeah. Um and so there are different servers, there are different factions, there are different races, people are split up into guilds, right? Like they're, you know, I don't think they mind having that, having those sort of splits and groups. And if they have them all in the same, again, I keep going back to the subscription thing, but um, I don't think they're, they're too bothered with that. Yeah. I mean, I know that like if, if you, me, Pete, Zahn, Ben all got together and were playing WoW. And then like you love the WoW and that's why you're playing WoW, but didn't want to do Burning Crusade. Well, then three of us go to Burning Crusade and two of us stay there. Now you're breaking even more 
And then those two people, the, the three that went over, really like Burning Crusade, but don't like Wrath. And one person goes to Wrath. Now you've got two, two, and one. And then, you know what I mean? It's, that's the sure. effect that tends to happen. Uh, yeah. Kind of I mean, I, I think that stuff would always happen, though. I mean, if you're going through, if you're going through the, I mean, that's why games like this are always, are always adding. Cause you, you get to a point, even if you're not hardcore, you get to a point where you've done everything you want to do. Yeah. Um, and if there's nothing new to do, people are going to get bored and leave anyway. Right. Um, well, well, no. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, uh, well, the, I, can, I can talk about this ad nauseum. Right. So. Well, yeah. So they, they, that was the big thing. And we're kind of wrapping that all up is that we, you know, burning crusades coming. It's just a, it is a weird thing to me. It's why we have this kind of conversation that the, they're doing. They are doing a couple of interesting new things because they're one of the things they said, they're doing this hashtag some changes, which is a reference people will remember from classic, uh, all the people on the forums were all about no changes, right? No yeah. changes, no changes, no changes. And then after over a year and a half of of classic and seeing some sort of things, they're like, well, yes, this is how I remember it being, but the the costs outweigh the the nostalgia of having it, you know, spell batching is a good yeah. technical example. And if you watch the video, you can get details on that. But uh they're doing two things that I thought were interesting. Uh, they are they're doing a pre patch like they did like they've been doing for expansions for a while now in the retail game. Um, I think they started that with Wrath actually, but for a certain amount of time there'll be an event or a series of events happening in game. I don't know how big this was for Burning Crusade, but it was huge for for Wrath and onward. Um, when that happens, they're going to unlock the new races. Um, the the blood elves and the draenei and so people will have the opportunity to start leveling up those races before burning crusade classic that's interesting okay um the other thing they're gonna do is sell boosts which is wild uh they didn't start that i'd think until mists of pandaria maybe cataclysm Mm -hmm. um but their plans so far the the boosts will get you to level 58 right so if you didn't play classic and you just want to play burning crusade you can get a jump get a jump start on that leveling experience because it still takes a very long time right we talked about yeah. that yeah yeah um i played many hours for probably like four or six weeks and still only got to like level 51 or something it's very slow in the classic experience yeah t- tell um, me about it we we uh I don't want to go over it because it's almost nightmare inducing was the, like we, we were a progression guild for burning crusade. And I like took off two weeks. I remember my vacation of work that week and, and my ex and I played to, to level, to start raiding within the first week or two, um, which was like stupid. It's just stupid, right? It's just, just stupid. And I, <laughs> I, I can't imagine, you know, just the t- time it takes, it took us to, you know, dedicate to that kind of stuff. Well, it was dumb and, and playing it, you know, I'd love, but we did it to raid and raiding was, yeah. was still, was still a thing, but I can, I can now, if they could tell me that I could just skip that entire two weeks of leveling so that we could, mm-hmm. or less, I can't remember what it's been like many decades now. Uh, 
right to, and to go in and do that i would love to just do that now let's get yeah, in and start doing black temple you know and 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 all of that stuff is relative right like we talk about everquest and how if you died you would lose xp mm-hmm. and you know i don't know people could steal your gear or whatever like that like vanilla wow was the care bear mmo like it was the the lazy casual mmo and it still took you know over a month of 20 30 hours a week to to max level but anyway they're going to sell these boosts at level 58 and they are not available to the new races so if you want to roll a blood alpha or adrena you still have to start uh at the beginning but they're giving you that pre-patch time to do that yeah and they're they're also limiting it limiting it to one once per account so it's like it's they're looking for a balance right they're like if they just open in and they're like, yeah, anybody who wants to, 60 bucks, you can get a boost to 58. And 58 is yeah. still, you still have to get to 70. So it's still, you still have to level through the whole um, uh, Burning Crusade experience. And that's yeah. how they sell boost now, right? Like yeah. the level cap is back to 60 and a boost will get, to you, get you to 50. But really, the way that the leveling works now, you can level 1 to 50 in a weekend. Oh, um, right, yeah. It's so fast. Right. Um, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I uh, closing up the, the BlizzCon thing, the, there wasn't any new game announced. Like there's no, as always, I'm hopeful of Blizzard doing. Um, we talked about this last year. Wasn't uh, Overwatch their last original IP, I think? Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean yep. Hearthstone and um, uh, Hots, are not their original games, no. but they're not, not War, original Warcraft games. and and just right. uh, Heroes has a couple of has a couple of original characters, but yeah, Overwatch is their last original yeah. game, um, original which IP. is which is many years ago still now, uh, and, and they're coming out with Overwatch two, so it, you know I always think that you know we we that we just talked like the last twenty minutes about uh, redoing old games. It, it would be nice if they could instead of putting all that time and effort into old things they could which they'll get marginal amount of profits for put that effort into new games i am not blizzard i do not have any kind of you know strategic mind for the games that they do and they are the Mm -hmm. the world leaders in that but as a player and a fan of blizzard it would be awesome to see them put you know a new thing out there and they put an rpg out there or with a whole new um i said this last year and the year before a whole new you know, IP thing just be so cool, right? Because I know they're so good at doing something so new. And I know that when I see Diablo 4 come out, I'm not going to play that game probably for another four or five years. Um, so I would see the same thing if they released a new IP. I'd know the same thing. Like I get four or five years before I can actually play this game, but it'd be exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but I'm, you know, it's, it, it's just one of those things. I, you know, I always look forward. One day they might come do that. Who, who saw Overwatch coming? You know, you, you never know. Right. Right, and if they are, it's they're not going to talk about it. Yeah, but I I right. was hoping they're, that they're this would be the time that they do talk about mm, it. But, you know, so yeah, um, yeah. But, I'll I'll say I don't know if I said this earlier, but it was like I'm hyped for. I mean, I don't know if I'll play Diablo two, but I'm definitely going to play four, and I'm definitely going to play Immortal. So I was like, come on, when when yeah. I'll, I'll probably play two because they said it's supposed to be out in 2021, and they did not say dates for either of the other two so i'll probably buy and play diablo 2 before uh resurrected just for lack of 
any other new uh, Diablo to play. I was which is where I actually got yeah. on three again tonight and and started a new season character because I'm like, yeah, okay, all this talk of Diablo has got me, <laughs> well, got me that, hyped that's, up for it again. That's a thing too that the articles this this today and them have been kind of going over is that uh, nothing with the with the exception of maybe Diablo two uh, looks to be possibly even released this year for Blizzard. Um, which they did, they gave, I think they gave tentative dates for the other, like, we know that the wow patch is coming up soon and, oh, yeah, and right, sure. burning crusade classic will be this year, but none yeah. of the, yeah, the, the two new Diablo titles, nothing even close to. Right. And, uh, and, e- and even dates. overwatch two, that was so rumored to go into beta. Isn't even looking to go into anything until 2022, which is kind of heartbreaking. To, to not yeah. have any Blizzard game in 2020 and, and 2021. And, Ugh. and you, <laughs> you know, we, we talked about this. I don't know how much we talked about on the air. I defend their, their process of, of getting it as, sure. as yeah. like, they're always going to find stuff. And I believe it still bums me out to not have a new game to play just like you. And you yeah, made a yeah. really good point earlier in, in COVID times. Like I'm, I'm generous in my, in my, you know, criticism or or whatever of of blizzard and it's it's good a good idea to give them even more uh uh leeway or or grace than than usual because of these challenging times yeah 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 it's fine we'll we'll get it a year later like we do everything else not just from blizzard it's and it's not fun. like we don't have games to play we totally we do Bowen and, they're fan- and, and there's fantastic Dyson games. sphere and and shipbreaker just the new yeah. ones and, and other ones that'll come out that are completely you know surprised vanheim or valheim and things like that so right right yeah yeah it's 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 all good you know we we, we love our blizzard stuff and and hope to have more time in their world it's the the weirdest thing that they do take so long to do it to do a thing but you know it's it's their company and their eyepiece yep. yep cool man well i think we've we got a lot to on, on that yeah front and... we're, we're running a little long we'll talk about wandavision next week um at the I that's don't... the last one right like isn't there only eight i think there are nine. Oh, that's good because i was feeling that this was ending was going to be super rushed there's, if there was yeah there's not a lot of time to wrap up what's happening maybe we'll get a couple of guests on after nine to uh to to talk and react to the whole series yeah that's but, uh, yeah and, and we'll talk about like i said we'll talk about it next week but there's things that happened in this one sure but it still feels like they're oddly slow in, in mm. things happening and i know it's only a half hour show but every episode of wandavision still seems to be 20 minutes of <laughs> still playing the part of the episodic show sure. but but not moving forward with the plot except for 10 minutes. Um, yeah. I wonder if I can just put the last 10 minutes of every episode together and have, you know, the, the movie, but maybe, uh, maybe. yeah. So anyway, next week we'll watch, we'll talk about that. Yeah. No, no movie. Maybe we'll find something to watch and talk about otherwise. And, uh, well, you had, wait, there was one that you had either messaged me or text me about that. You guys were going to watch. I didn't get a chance to watch it. What was that? Hmm. I think you and your family were going to watch it or did watch it. We watched it, and I'm. Com- it was so forgettable that I'm that I'm. Oh, so not not play. worth recommending again. Okay, it was, it was a a love story something. Like I thought of it as a date night movie. Let me 
man. Yeah, I'm com- obviously didn't have a <laughs> was impact because wasn't I've, good enough for that I've one. Forgotten, so. I've forgotten all about it. Um, <laughs> let's see, we talked about oh, it's called Wild Mountain Time. T h y m e. That's what it was, um, right? Yeah. Should it, yeah, so you're Emily saying not, not to, your and, your mini review is to not watch it. I mean, it was it was a little goofy, a little weird. A thing that I didn't mention is it was adapted from a play. So there are times um, where we were like, this is weird, kind of awkward interaction, but it's because it's adapted from a play. It's the guy who was the lead in um, the Fifty Shades movies. I forget his name, mm-hmm. and I've not seen those movies, but that's the main thing that he's known for. And uh, Christopher Walken is in it, and John Hamm is in a, a few, has a small part. Um, but it's it's cute. It's a, you know, ireland kind of culture you know it's like movie ireland culture i don't know they're they're farmers um but it's a it's a kind of date night movie so if you have an opportunity to watch that we can talk about it next week cool cool all right all right you've been listening to the front porches episode 183 uh, thanks, as always, to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. If you have recommendations for us, things to watch and talk about on the show, you can reach us via email. That address is frontporchpod at gmail.com or go to our website, frontporchpodcast.com, and use contact forms there to reach us. Uh, if you enjoy the show, please consider subscribing on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, wherever podcasts are found. As always, thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. Night, everybody. See you next time.